Good morning, everyone. Welcome to you all on this lovely, bright morning. Welcome to those here in the sanctuary and to all those who are joining us online. The grace and peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Let us worship God. We sing the hymn 93. Hymn 93, let us with a gladsome mind praise the Lord, for he is kind. Let us pray. God of light and love, you are the creator of all things. We, your people, come now before you and rejoicing in your goodness to us, we give thanks for your love which endures forever. Lord God, for this new day we praise you. For blessings great and small we thank you. For family and friends, and all who enrich our lives, we adore you. God of light and love, you have come to us in Jesus, the light of the world. We praise you for him and for the new and abundant life 
that we find in him. Lord God, as we give thanks for all that we have, we confess that we are unworthy even to call upon you. Our thoughts at times are impure. Our deeds at times are self-centered. Though you have set a path before us, we are easily distracted and led astray. God of light and love, your nature is to be merciful and kind. Forgive us our sins and redirect the course of our lives that following Jesus we may come to reflect his light in all that we say and do. Lord God, it is our great privilege to be counted among your children. Accept the worship we now offer and hear us as your people we say the prayer our Saviour taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. First of all, I would like to thank all those who came along to the soup and sandwich lunch in the parish halls yesterday. There was a wonderful turnout of people and it was so good to see everyone there. My thanks also to those who set up the tables and chairs, to those who worked so hard in the kitchen and to those who served at the tables. It was a great time of friendship and fellowship. There will be an all-age friendship lunch in Park Church Hall this coming Wednesday from 12 to 1.30. All will be welcome. There's an intimation there about Stirling and Falkirk Street pastors. If you would like to know more, I'm sure you could talk to Helen, and Helen will tell you more about that. There will be an edition of The Parishioner that will come out just before Easter, and we're looking for articles for the parishioner. These should be emailed to the email address on the intimation sheet today, and they should be in by the 5th of March, so that's a month from now. But we would welcome articles, stories, photographs, recipes, whatever, Please do think about this. I'm pleased to say that there'll be a series of Lent Bible studies beginning at 7 o'clock on Thursday, the 23rd of February. These will be held along with our friends in the Holyrood and Viewfield Erskine and Park Church. So we look forward to them. And again, all will be welcome. It's good to see some of the the children here with us today. I wonder, would you like to come out to the front? Would you like to come out and join me out here? <clears throat> are you coming out, Cameron? Are you waiting with mummy? Eh? You're waiting with mum today. Here's you, and that's good. And Gregor and Rebecca. Great stuff. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a church that was built away 
high up on a mountain in Switzerland. It was lovingly and carefully built by the villagers. But there was one thing the church didn't have. Can you guess what it might not have had? A candle. A candle. That is a good answer. Because, in fact, the church had everything but light. There were no lights. We come in here when it's dark and we put on the lights. Sometimes if I'm in at night and it's the winter and I don't put on the lights, I end up banging into something. So you put on a light and it helps you to get around. Well, this lovely church, away up the mountain in Switzerland, had no light. But something amazing would happen every Sunday evening. Those who lived close to the church would hear the church bell ringing out. And the worshippers would make their way up the hill and they would go into the church and all of a sudden it would light up brightly. Isn't that amazing? What do you think caused the church to lighten up? A candle? Do you think? A light switch? I think it might have been easier if they had a light switch, but they didn't. Was it by any chance God? God, that's a very good answer, a very good answer. What had happened was they brought something with them. The people who went to the church actually brought the light with them. And it was a lantern like this, you see? And when the worshippers went into the church... They would light the candle, and then around the church there were hooks, and they would hang the lantern in one of the hooks, you see, and the church would light up beautifully. Isn't that amazing? Now, if there were only a few people there, the light wasn't so bright. But when there were lots of people there with the lanterns, it was beautifully bright. Now, interestingly, at the end of the service, those who had been to church didn't blow out the candle. In fact, they decided to keep it lit. And they came out the church. And they went with the lit candle all the way home. And those who watched said it was like a stream of light flowing from the church down the mountainside. I think that is a lovely story, isn't it? One day, Jesus, who is the light of the world, said to his people, you are the light of the world. And that's what he says to us today, to each and every one of us. You are the light of the world. And so we come to church and we learn about Jesus and the boys and girls and men and women that he wants us to be. But then we're to go from the church. And as we go, we are to carry with us the light of Jesus. So that wherever we are, people will know that we 
belong to him. Well, we remember that. Thank you very much. And I hope you enjoy your time down at Sunday Club. Thank you. We're going to sing the hymn 599, Holy Spirit, hear us. The first reading this morning is taken from the Old Testament, from the book of Isaiah, chapter 58, verses 3 to 9a. And that can be found in the Old Testament section of the Bible on page 618. Isaiah 58, verse 3. Why should we fast if you ignore it? Why mortify ourselves? if you pay no heed. In fact, you serve your own interests on your fast day and keep all your men hard at work. Your fasting leads only to wrangling and strife and to lashing out with vicious blows. On such a day, the fast you are keeping is not one that will carry your voice to heaven. 
Is this the kind of fast that I require? A day of mortification such as this, that a person should bow his head like a bulrush and use sackcloth and ashes for a bed. Is that what you call a fast? A day acceptable to the Lord? Rather, is not this the fast I require, to loose the fetters of injustice, to untie the yoke, and set free those who are oppressed, tearing off every yoke? Is it not sharing your food with the hungry, taking the homeless poor into your house, clothing the naked when you meet them, and never evading a duty to meet them, and never evading a duty to your kinsfolk. Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and new skin will speedily grow over your wound. Your righteousness will be your vanguard, and the glory of the Lord your rearguard. Then, when you call, the Lord will answer. When you cry to him, he will say, Here I am. The second reading from the New Testament, from the the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 14 to 16, which can be found on page 4 of the New Testament section. You are light for all the world. A town that stands on a hill cannot be hidden. When a lamp is lit, it is not put under the meal tub, but on the lampstand, where it gives light to everyone in the house. Like the lamp, you must shed light among your fellows, so that when they see the good you do, they may give praise to your Father in heaven. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you, Margaret. We sing the hymn 252, hymn 252, as a fire is meant for burning.
Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you that your glorious light continues to shine in the world today. Enable us, your church, to be true to our calling, to preach Christ and not our customs, and may we reflect the radiance of God's new and glorious dawn. Gracious God, acknowledging that we are like vessels made of clay, we draw near to you aware of our joys and our sorrows, our hopes and our fears. Speak to us, O God, this day, and grant that as we place our trust in you, we will find that we will be given the strength and the courage to face all that the days shall bring. Loving God, we pray for the world, a world in which there is so much that is good and pleasing. And the arrival of snowdrops at this time in our gardens and parks are a sign that the dark days of winter will soon give way to the lighter days of spring. And yet, as we give thanks for the world and signs of new hope, we also know that there is much that is bad and distressing in the world. Daily, it would seem, we hear of inhumane acts of great cruelty, of abuse, of injustice and crime. And so we pray, O God, root out the cause of hatred and of evil and heal the wounds of all those who suffer. Almighty God, we pray for the moderator of the General Assembly, who along with the Pope and the Archbishop of Canterbury, is visiting war-torn South Sudan on a pilgrimage of peace. May this visible and welcome sign of Christian unity be a catalyst for discussions leading to reconciliation and an end of conflict in that African state. So may your light shine upon those three church leaders as a beacon of hope and a lamp to their path. Gracious God, we pray for those who are battling against illness at this time, for those dear to us in hospital or at home or in hospice. We pray also for those who are wrestling with infirmity or who feel crushed by physical disability. Be with them and reassure them with your presence. And we remember today those who mourn. As a congregation, we pray for the family and friends of David MacDonald. And we pray also for those other families in our parish and beyond who have been bereaved in recent days and weeks. 
be to them and all in our thoughts a source of comfort and of peace. Loving God in Jesus, you call us to be the light of the world. Inspire us by the example of the faithful who have walked this way before us. Shine in our hearts and may our good deeds cause others to praise your holy name. These things we ask through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Saviour. Amen. David MacDonald, whose passing I refer to in the prayer, died last Sunday. David was ordained to the eldership here in the old parish on the 1st of October, 1967. As such, he was the last of our elders to have been ordained by the Reverend David Dick, who was minister here from 1940 to 68. David was a most committed and dedicated elder. And until his health began to fail, he was faithful in his pew Sunday by Sunday. We give thanks for David's loyal service over many years, and we remember his daughter Alison, son Stuart, and all the family in our prayers at this time. We sing the hymn 748, hymn 748. It's maybe not a hymn that we've sang for quite some time, but it's a fine hymn, very appropriate for our theme today, and a fine tune as well. Hymn 748, As Stars Adorn the Night Failed Sky.
Robert Louis Stevenson, as a boy, was looking out the window watching a workman light the gas lights along the street. When asked what he was watching, he said, I am watching a man making holes in the darkness. I rather like that description of what light can do. Isn't it true that even the tiniest flicker of light can make a hole in the darkness? I am the light of the world is one of Jesus' great I am sayings. But in the passage before us today, he declares that we are to be like him. This was something new. You, he said, are the light of the world. This morning I would like us to explore briefly what this might mean. I googled yesterday and discovered there are 208 lighthouses around the coast of Scotland. Many, of course, are situated in some of the most remote and spectacular locations. In times past, they had lighthouse keepers, and I rather imagine for some of them, particularly for those in faraway or island posts, it must have been a pretty lonely job. I recall my mum telling me of how when she and my father were young, I'm not sure if it was before they got married or after, but they crossed over what's called Adorlan to Tavar Island. And Unfortunately, they hadn't checked the timetable to see when the tide was going to come back in. So, to their horror, they discovered they were stranded on the island. But on the island of Davar, there's a lighthouse. So, they went up and they knocked the door. And the lighthouse keeper, who hadn't seen anyone for a couple of weeks, was absolutely delighted to see them. And he took them in. And, of course, they'd await some hours until the tide would go back out and they'd be able to walk back across the Dorlan. Well, the lighthouse keeper was very happy and so was my dad because the lighthouse keeper went into a cupboard. (laughs) And he brought out a bottle of something. (laughs) And the time, at least for my dad, passed very quickly. But it must have been a lonely job, but an important one as well. Though now all these lighthouses are automated, the light from these lighthouses was and is seen from a great distance. It shines brightly in the darkness, and in so doing it gives a welcome reassurance to ships And it also serves as a warning to them to steer clear of treacherous rocks that could cause untold damage and loss of life. In his teaching, Jesus said, 
when a lamp is lit, it is not put under a bowl. Rather, it is placed on a stand in order that it gives light to everyone in the house. First and foremost, like the light from a lighthouse, light is meant to be seen. So what does this say to us and to all who seek to follow Jesus? It is that our faith should be evident in our everyday lives and that the light of Jesus himself should be reflected in us, not only through the words that we speak, but through our actions as well. I recall a quote that I once came across. Often our lives are the only Bible that others see. That ought to make us sit up and take stock. For many people today, a Bible is alien to them. And thus they can make a decision about Christianity based on what they see in us. We who are the church, the body of Christ today. So that got me thinking. What are we like when we're in a shop and the shop doesn't have what we're wanting? What are we like if we're in a restaurant and the service is slower than we would like it to be? What are we like when we're on the golf course or the bowling green and the game is not going our way? What are we like when we're in a car park when there's only one space left and another driver is vying for that space? What are we like when we are in the company of others, including those close to us? Does our demeanor, the things that we say and the things that we do, show that we are people of the light, called to shine in the darkness? And here's a question. Are we the same person in private that we are in public. I have always found these words of St. Paul to be very challenging. I live, yet not I, but Christ Jesus lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the one who loved me and gave himself for me. Christ Jesus lives in me. I am sure that, like me, you can think of people you have known and in whom you saw the light of Jesus Christ shining through. Good Christian people, 
who displayed Christ-like characteristics, people who were humble and unassuming and yet who influenced us and encouraged us on our way. Later, yesterday afternoon, I phoned the minister that I was the assistant to in the borders at the beginning of my ministry. And with Ian, I recalled the names of some of the people there in Upper Tweeddale, people who were elders and members, and who were a great source of encouragement, both to Ian and to myself. They were gracious people. They were kind people. They were people in whom we saw the light of Jesus, and what a great blessing that was. It is said of Robert Murray McShane, who was a a young minister in Dundee in the 19th century, and he died while he was young. It was said of him, his face carried such a Christ-like expression, and people were so attracted by his self-giving that they found his master irresistible. Here is a challenge, if ever there was one. Our light is to be seen and not hidden. As someone put it, there can be no such thing as secret discipleship. For either the secrecy destroys the discipleship, or the discipleship destroys the secrecy. Like the light from the lighthouse, our light is to be seen. But we learn something else from the lighthouses that surround our coast. They also act as a warning to the ships sailing by. As people of the light, we are not to be cut off from the world. Rather, we are to engage with and be involved in the world. But that, of course, can bring us into contact with those whose ways are not the ways of God, with those whose attitude towards others can be anything but compassionate, with those whose motives reveal a selfishness that is contrary to the teaching of Jesus. What do we do, I ask, when we encounter such people and they seek to hold sway? Do we remain silent? Or worse still, go along with them for fear of being ridiculed for taking a stand for that which is right? and central to what we believe. Campbell Morgan was a wonderful evangelist who had a great love for God. And he once said, the church did the most for the world when it was least like the world. We are in the world, yes, but we are not of the world. We are called to be different from the world. 
And in being different, we are on occasion to act as a warning and a guide to others. But can I put it to you, we are not to do so in anger or from a self-righteous position. Rather, we are to do it with genuine concern. I recall a teacher who, if she had occasion to rebuke a pupil, she did it with her arm round the pupil. That is how it is to be with us. We are to speak the truth in love, and when we do, we will not always, but sometimes have a positive impact on those around us. These words from the book of Acts tell us something important. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. I wonder, can people looking at us, listening to us, say that? These people have been with Jesus. My friends, I want to conclude by considering what Jesus said. Like the lamp, you must shed light among your fellows so that when they see the good you do, they may give praise to your Father in heaven. It is only right that when someone does something commendable or something to help us that we thank them, it's important that we do. But there can be a problem when someone looks for thanks or goes out of their way to tell others what they have done. The prophet Isaiah, in the passage that Margaret read to us, spoke about what God requires of his people. It is to loosen the fetters of injustice, to set free those who are oppressed, to share food with the hungry, to clothe the naked, and never to evade a duty to others. When we do such things, the prophet declared, your light will break forth like the dawn. As lights in the world, we are to perform good works, not for our own benefit, but for the benefit of others, and always to the glory and praise of God. And so, what sort of good might we do? What about this? Smile. A smile can make all the difference. A smile 
is recognized by all people, regardless of color or creed or language. What about this? Share our optimism. Optimism? What optimism? Well, as Christian people, we are called to believe that the best is yet to be. Do we give that impression? What about this? Do what is right and do not be deterred from doing so. Take a stand. Speak up. Speak out. Treat others as you want to be treated with respect. Respond with kindness even to those who are not kind to us. It may well annoy them, but it could also change them. Show love and compassion instead of judgment and condemnation. Pray. Pray for others and intercede on their behalf. My friends, through our good deeds, I tell you this, we can make a difference. One kind act at a time, one uplifting word at a time, together as the people of God, we can make holes in the darkness and cause God's name to be praised. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our closing hymn is a great hymn by Graham Kendrick, hymn 400. And forty eight, him four, four eight. Lord, the light of your love is shining.
forth in joy and in peace, and may the God of light illumine your path and shine forth from you. And the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be upon you now and forevermore.